So like for for instance, it'd be like box, 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 box. Slow it's just me or we're all oh, all of us all of us we're all, all us. yelling at each other okay, <laughs> okay you ready okay ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the 12th episode of box 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 the new intro is just so exciting in my opinion i mean it's a great intro but um, but more importantly, the intro to that Monza race, right? Am I right, guys? Uh, yes, was just absolutely electric. Uh, we're here with the boys and Bob, Karun and Shayon to discuss the Monza race. Absolutely. First banger. and foremost, a McLaren one-two. McLaren one. What what more can I say? That's what we've been Yo, hoping for. We should have gotten Gus on for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have, so I have a group chat with, with Gus, our, our, our one and only guest appearance so far, and with my other cousin. And I was like, you guys can't say anything anymore. Danny Rick has finally not qualified P13 and finished like P15. <laughs> he, he was honestly, when he lined up P2 in that McLaren, which had showed great pace throughout the whole weekend, I was pretty tempted to throw some money on him, but I didn't want to jinx him. Um, no, but, but McLaren 1-2, pulling up some stats. The last McLaren 1-2 was in 2010, Lewis and Jensen. Uh, the last McLaren win was 2012 with Jensen Button. It's just, it's, it's almost as great to see McLaren back as it would be to see Ferrari on the top step. And that battle between Ferrari and McLaren is just heated up another level. You know, McLaren winning in Ferrari's back, uh, backyard. Where are Ferrari going to win a race? Who's going to finish P3? So many unanswered uh, questions. Nine races to go. But, but what a job from Danny Rick. Is he going to go on and, and push from here? A couple more podiums? What, 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 what's the thoughts? Well, this is what I'll say. So the, we've seen that the McLaren has had great potential throughout the season, right? And Lando's been showing us that. He's a guy who's been at the team with, for about four years. So we, we know that the car has the potential for it. I think Danny Rick just needed that, that little bit of confidence, you know, leaving Red Bull, which has at this season become, you know, a, a title contender. Um, it must be kind of tough, it, it, you know, tough to consider that he left the team that now has the potential to put him um, in the, the race for a, a world championship. Um, so I think this confidence boost that comes with, uh, you know, being winning a race with with McLaren um, will open up a whole new chapter for Danny Rick. So I'm hoping that uh, we that the floodgates have opened for the men. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I don't know. The, the move that he made on turn one, like showed a lot of confidence and like it, it looked like the old Danny Rick again. And I and I think he just needed this kind of opportunity to really like it's going to sound corny, like believe in himself, I guess, like in that car and like really trust his instincts. Like, but I, I don't know. Once he took that first place, it looked like he was good, especially after Lewis and Max had their fiasco. Like there was no doubt in my mind after that, that he was pretty much set um, to take that, even though Botas was charging up the field. He just couldn't get past, past Paris, I guess. But even, I, I thought it was great. Even with Verstappen and Lewis in the race, I think Danny Rick had it in the bag. He kept Max behind him, even though Max could have been going lapping, you know, half a second quicker um, yeah. if he wasn't behind Danny Rick. Again, it's a, kind of a shame that we have a track where you can't pass, um, as all tracks are these days. I don't think there's a track we go to 
and the commentators aren't like, oh, and this is a very tough track to pass on. It's, it's literally every track. Once you get in that dirty air at a slow turn, even a fast turn, you're going to lose so much downforce. And these cows, these cars are so downforce dependent. But is are we going to see Lando and Danny Rick come into the championship battle next year? Because well, here's why I say that. We saw Alpine win a race. And here's why I won't say that about Alpine. They haven't showed this kind of pace consistently that, that McLaren has. McLaren podiumed at, uh, in Monaco, uh, Austria, uh, through Lando, um, and have shown good pace throughout the year. Are they, is their trajectory going to launch them into a title bid next year? I, I do think that like Lando definitely has shown the chops to pull the max out of that car, no matter what the condition of the track is or what kind of track it is. I just, I feel like it's really hard to like answer that question just because of the regulation changes next year. Like, I don't know how it's going to affect all these constructors. And to say that, right. A team like McLaren, who is very well resourced, but not as well resourced, I would say, as Red Bull and Mercedes fighting against them. Like, I'm not 100% sure if they'll be able to. I do think that it'll be a lot closer, and the battle between McLaren and Ferrari will only heat up next year, especially given all these rec changes. Yeah, that's fair. I think um, I'm a little bit nervous, honestly, for McLaren uh, coming into next year. I think they're really starting to find their groove. Zach Brown has been working some magic over there. And um, they're, they're really starting to settle into you know, this era of F1. Um, so personally, I'm a little nervous that there's going to be a little bit of a uh, reworking that's got to be done and a little bit more building that'll have to happen in 2022. Um, but we're seeing that the team has great potential. Andres Seidel has also been um, instrumental to the team. Um, so I think as a, as a team, they're really developing. And that's what I'm looking forward to them bringing into the new regulation era. Yeah. They have the right people in the right places. And I feel like their organization is just like in a very good place right now. There's mm-hmm. like a lot of like memes of like Botas watching like Zach Brown, Danny and Lando like doing shoeies. And he's just like watching them like, like man, I wish I could be on a team like that. And like, so it looks like they're like, they're like a cohesive unit. So like hopefully that that's the part that, that will carry through, right? You know, what's yeah. funny about that is, is Valtteri and, and Danny Rick have shared podiums before, but Valtteri's never never done the shoey, and in their post race uh, post race conference, uh, Tom Clarkson was asking Valtteri about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I've never done it." And Danny Rick just looks so disappointed. He's like, "I thought we've done it before. I thought you were my brother." <laughs> but um, but no, he, he's got. I mean, if I was on the podium with Danny Rick, obviously I'd do it, but I'd prefer obviously. to do it out of my own shoe. But I would do it out of his, his shoe. <laughs> I, I rather... also made a face as soon as the first bit of champagne hit his mouth. He like did a little cringe. <laughs> Lando, I'm pretty yeah, sure he spit it out. At the end. Yeah, he definitely yeah. spit it out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> but but talking about Lando, apart from his podium antics, how good was it? Was his drive as well? Uh, Lewis jumped him at the start. He came back at Lewis when Lewis was battling Max at turn three or something, uh, and then never never put a foot wrong. And also had the maturity to not really battle Daniel for the win because we've seen Lando have more outright pace. He probably could have closed the gap and put some pressure on, but he really knew that he was putting the team in not a good situation by doing that. They would risk each other's tires. They'd risk a Max and Lewis-esque um, uh, uh, coming together. So how, how good was that Danny and Max-esque. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lewis and... Uh, oh, true. 
that too. <laughs> so how, how, how mature um, was that from Lando to not to under, to play the team game and for him to take a step back and be like, my time will come. The team needs this. This is a one, two right now. Yeah. I, I love Lando. Like he's just, he has like that fire, but he knows when to like hold it back and like be like, like have the humility, right? Even when I, I forget the race where he asked to switch with Danny Rick and he was like, if I can't find the pace, we'll switch back. Like I 100% believe Paul he was Ricard, right? saying that. Yeah. 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 I 100% he was genuine in saying that. Like, yeah. And then he pulled he away. Was a just such a, a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He was so fast. <laughs> no, yeah, but he's awesome. I think, I think his maturity is lost on people because he's, he's, he's seen as such a happy go lucky kind of guy, but I think I think all drivers are a different beast once they put the helmet on, and Lando's no exception. But he he's genuinely there. He understands the sport. He knows what it would mean for everyone in the factory. He's play, he's there to play the team game to a certain extent. Um, obviously, this is a championship battle. It would be totally different. But I think it's a great driver lineup. I think I would love for Lando, George, Charles, Max, Lewis to all be competing for that title next year because I think. They are just some incredibly talented drivers. So do you guys think that Danny Rick's contract situation is now stabilized? Like, are, are we going to see it out? Yeah, well, three years. He was not putting in such bad performances that they were going to replace him. Yeah. He was not, like, DNFing every race. Yeah, I, I think McLaren's also been a team that's had their sights set on the long term for the last couple of years. So I think this... And that's something that we saw through through Lando, right? He was understanding that, hey, in the long term, this is something that's not going to impact the race that I'm directly fighting for, which is I need to be able to potentially get into that third place position, but more importantly, get McLaren to to outscore um, Ferrari. Uh, so the the maturity that we saw from Lando there is great, and I think one thing to Sarusha's point is like when he puts a helmet on, you'll hear him get heated and you'll hear him get mad on the on the team radio. Uh, he is he's still an emotional guy. Like he's still you know fighting for uh, to be one of the best in the sport. So um, I think this weekend showed us a lot of maturity at Orlando, but also showed us that more than an incredible racer, he is a team player. Uh, and that's not, that's everything that a, a team like McLaren needs. They need to be able to understand their strengths and weaknesses so that they can put themselves in the best position that they can, which is, you know, what they were able to do this weekend. And you could hear it in the happiness in his voice after they won. Like, it wasn't just like, all right, you know, good to Danny. I mean, he was voice cracking all the way around that, that, that parade lap so it was yeah. a great podium it was a great watch just to see that sheer mm-hmm. joy from the mclaren team they they deserve this so much um yeah two people playing the personal game uh, <laughs> and lewis no they, they play the team game as well but they're they're the, they're the two top dogs they're yeah they're, Everyone knows the driver's champion. Not everyone always knows the constructor champion, quite frankly. Um, they're coming together. Poor start in the sprint race by Lewis. Put him in a position where he nearly got Max at the beginning of the race on Sunday until a poor pit stop by Red Bull of all people. Whenever Max comes into the pits, I just, <clears throat> I'm like, they're, they're going to be so switched on. It, it'll be sub three seconds. Red Bull, I I can't recall a slow Red Bull stop that I've seen. Maybe Checo had one earlier. I I can't recall one off the top of my head, but Max had an 11-second stop. Human error, apparently. Someone didn't press a button on the nail nail gun. Uh, 
And then Lewis, Lewis also had a four second pit stop. And if he had, if that had been a 2.5 second pit stop, he would have not been in that situation where him and Max crashed into turn well into the chicane into turn two. Who's at fault? What are your guys' thoughts? Is Max's penalty of a three grid skate, uh, three uh, grid uh, places next race too harsh? I do believe the, the, the penalty was a little bit harsh. I think um, if we go back to it, we see the incident that they had um, on lap one. And I think that we start to see that um, there was a little bit of basically like uh, Max kind of didn't leave enough space for Lewis, but they're also getting kind of close to each other. Um, so, so personally, I think that, um, the sausage curbs are at fault. Honestly, I think the sausage curbs really just took it out of contention. It wasn't, you know, Max's fault for running into Lewis. I think the sausage curbs just completely took like the steering wheel out of his head, um, yeah, and, and Shion, just kind of sent the car flying. Yeah. If you think about that turn one incident, uh, or the first time they knocked wheels, Max and Lewis, Lewis took to the escape route road, right. And he lost out to Max and Lando again. Right. But he didn't mm-hmm. just willy-nilly crash into Max because he didn't leave enough space. Then, oh, mm-hmm. on the radio, he didn't leave me enough space. I, I, I agree that it's a harsh penalty, but do you think it's the equivalent of what they dished out on Hamilton at Silverstone with a 10-second penalty? Is it, is it an equivalent penalty to give 10 seconds for that, which we thought was mostly a racing incident? Even in my opinion, and I know I'm a huge Hamilton guy, to me it was a racing incident. Partial blame could have been assigned to Verstappen, but... It's still harsh in my opinion, but it seems equivalent between the two. And that's maybe what the stewards were, were there's a little bit of politics, yeah. you know, we've got to sign equal. I mean, like seeing a, I, I just don't know if a grid penalty and a time penalty can be equivalent. Like, is that, I don't know if that's completely fair. I mean, obviously I didn't even think this grid penalty is going to matter because like Max has been looking for a race to replace his, like, what is it, engine anyway? Yeah. So like, it's it just like, it's fine, I guess. But like, um, I don't know what the right penalty would have been, but I don't know if it's fair to equate like time penalty, which I totally agree is like was fine, I guess, for Lewis's thing, even though like it was pretty much a racing incident. Like I, I it's kind of if t- you could it only serve- more the ten seconds cost him more than three places in Silverson. So right, he dropped down but P six or something. Well, it's kind of tough to say though, right? Because yeah. like Lewis had the whole race to make up for it, right? Max has exactly. so nothing well, to do about so that. does Max. Well, well, Exactly, in the sense that now he's back, you know, three places, which I don't know how yeah. long it'll take him to, to recover those three places. Um, but I think the Actually, reason yeah. that the penalties were different were because Lewis was still in the race and had the rest of the race to run, whereas yeah. the, the earliest time you can give a penalty to Max is the next race, right? Um, okay. I think FIA, I think the FIA was just trying to keep consistent or doing their best at being consistent. We've seen this multiple times throughout the season, like with the, with the, uh, with the Checo Charles thing and then also with the Lando Checo thing. Um, you know, they're they're trying to make sure that they try to stay as consistent as they can. I think this season we've seen a lot more um, opportunity for for kind of uh, penalty points and, and penalties to be given out. Um, and mostly because of the way the racing has gone. I mean, we're, we're at circuits where passing is hard. So you're taking some more risks. You, you don't want to just settle to whatever position that you're in. Um, so I think it's been kind of uh, it's been a, a test of the FIA. They're trying to feel out where they you know, the penalties are always a subjective thing, so it's it's hard to tell. So two things. Yeah. Do you know those are Max's first penalty points, despite him being kind of like the, the rash driver? 
quote unquote, <laughs> exactly of a, 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 a Formula One. Those are his first two penalty points. Bad pairs. boy of Formula One. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's Kevin Magnussen, actually. Um, now, now Nikita Mazepin. But uh, the second thing, back to my first point about the, the lap one incident where they banged wheels, but Lewis took the escape road. Do you think Max could have avoided it, taken to the escape road, potentially had to give the place to Lewis or taken a five-second penalty? The, the sausage curb, ultimately, I agree, is to blame for the crash. But could, could, could Verstappen have yielded? It's, it, I don't know. I just think about that lap one incident. And, and I think back to, like, I mean, uh, Julian Palmer brought it up, but the Vettel Canada 2019, you know, I don't know. I'll say this. I, I think it could have been avoided. I think Max... After just have having after having just had that eleven second pit stop was heated and he thought he the race was taken away hot. from him, exactly. And then he sees his title contender just come out right in front of him. I don't think he's programmed to be able to take it easy on that turn and go into the next turn and you know maybe get a nice yeah. nice um uh slingshot or a nice advantage going into turn three. Um, so from that perspective, I understand it, and I think that if I was to blame anyone at all. And it wasn't the same racing incident. I would say it's probably the um, the eagerness within Max after losing 11 seconds like that, and then also seeing his title contender right there. You know, less than half a car's uh, length ahead. I mean, that aggression is kind of what makes Max Max, though, right? Like, I, I wouldn't expect. I'm not saying what he did was right, but I wouldn't expect anything. Uh, him taking the exit route is just not something that Max does. I think there's, I think Palmer also brought it up, right? There was another time where he was being pushed out the outside and he just rode the sausage curve over and it ended up costing him the race because he punctured his tire after that. I think it was, mm-hmm. I think it was the same race with Felipe Massa, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like, I, I do think like it was, it was mostly his fault there, but um, to expect him to take that exit route is just not who he is especially after he said on the radio literally like 15 seconds earlier, he was like, don't talk to me. I'm just going to race. But are these <laughs> yeah. traits of a champion in waiting? Uh, can, can you win the championship with that kind of hot headedness and, and rashness or, or does but he usually he forward? isn't that rash headed, right? Like it, 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 he like, right. That's what we that was. That's what made Max this season different. We've talked about it in earlier episodes too. I feel like where like, where like this season he is more level-headed than we've really seen him before, and obviously this yeah. is this was a bad moment. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's where right. you see those moments, right? These are the key moments where you win or lose a championship. And if he drives like 2017, Max, is yeah, he going to win it at the end of the season? This was Lewis's first DNF in like 63 races. Max has like three or four per season. Obviously, Baku was not really his fault. Silverstone was not really his fault. This one was kind of his fault-ish, yeah. mostly racing incident. But he these are he has to finish the races in the points. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, 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 it's going to be close. Like I I, I just can't. yeah. Uh, this yeah. is going to come down to I think the last race, like and which is so exciting. Finally, thank God. It's going to be crazy also because, like, it's, uh, you know, Hamilton's maturity is showing where he's like, I need to be consistent. I need to finish races. That's who you get points. At the end of the day, like, that's what wins the championships. He knows the formula. Uh, Max, who's been contending for not, – not contending, but he's had the potential. He's had the, uh, the skill to be contending since he's joined Formula One, finally sees that he can. And I think it's uh, 
right now he's in kind of that phase where where he wants to be able to outdrive. He wants the points now. He wants everything now because he's been waiting for so long. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he starts to, you know, maybe not be so aggressive going throughout the season. Um, or if this is the season that kind of pressure cooks him into being that aggressive championship winner. Fair enough. Fair enough. All valid points. Come Abu Dhabi. Checker flag. Who's winning it? Max. Danny Rick. He's about to get a hat trick. Danny Rick's about to win the championship. I'll go with a Valtteri Bottas win. Hmm. I really like the battle between Lando and Botas for third, though. I think that's going to be yeah. exhilarating for the rest that's of the spicy. season. You know what? Actually, speaking of which, George Russell in the points again, mm. three out of four races. Just has to do it once. He's just <laughs> always there. You know? He's, He's a machine. And you know who was running really good well before the safety car? Latifi was up in the points before that P10. And unfortunately, the safety car didn't work out from timing wise. I think he had pitted before. Um, versus mm-hmm. George Haddon, so George jumped him. But William's looking a little racy. Um, yeah, it is. And George, I am excited for him to get in that mark because if this is the kind of consistency he's going to show with that car, he's gonna, he is going to run riot in that Mercedes. It's going to be a whole different ballgame when it's just Max versus George and Lewis. Oh, my days. Yeah, Mercedes is going to be scary next year. Checo's going to have to step up point. or Pierre Gasly – come a couple years is going to have to be seriously ready for that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. Hope they, Mark's, I hope they take Mark Pierre Gasly really soon. Or Albon just uh, picks up on that, that um, Williams magic dust, and then we'll make it back to Red Bull eventually. That's Toto's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Albon, Albon or, or Gasly as of right now, I think Gasly is more deserving. Unfortunate mm-hmm. race for him with the, with the yeah. puncture in yeah. sprint quality and then couldn't really get going in Sunday. Uh, end the run of Alpha Tauri scoring points at every single race. Just but <laughs> it's all Pierre. I mean, Yuki's nowhere. He couldn't start Sunday due to a technical issue, but like, how did he get another seat for another year? If we thought Danny Rick money was underperforming, bro. and I, I get it, it's money. He's coming with a lot of hot, lot and- of Honda backing the rookie vibe, like I'm sure, it, yeah, in the in um, like the boardroom or wherever, I'm sure that's easy to make the argument for him, especially Red Bulls. He has backers. Red Bulls also probably trying not to drop someone immediately like that and have that kind of connotation that Pierre Gasly connotation come back. They already do because they did it with Alex Albon right after. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, we got signs, Ricardo, Seb, uh. Obviously, Max, Pierre, Yuki, uh, all Red Bull youngsters. I feel uh, like there's a couple others I'm forgetting. Danny Rick. I mentioned him. He said anyways, yes, yeah. yeah, so they, they kind of chop and change. And they got they have like four people in F2, including Jahan. Uh, but anyone else have a notable race? Joan Venazzi having a notable qualifying oh, and, and sprint race. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't get it going on Sunday. That's Valtteri, though. We got to talk about his all the mental stress he just lifted off his shoulders so I can go really fast. It's <laughs> Is it that? I, I think he was racing against slow cars is the actual reason why he looked amazing. But, <laughs> like, 
Like, I don't know. I think he did really well. Even if you mean slow cars, he went from back of the grid to 20th. I mean, to third still. Third. To be fair, we've seen we've seen him in a position like that where, or even we've seen Lewis in a position behind Valtteri, and Valtteri's trying to make his way up the grid and then gets stuck at a certain point, and Lewis is able to overtake. I think in this race, Valtteri did pretty much the best that he could from P19 to P3. I think that he got the most performance out of that car, and he seemed like he was super happy at the end. So, yeah, I, I do think a little bit of that pressure off the shoulders factor is playing into it. But he wasn't really in the championship battle anyway, so what pressure was he feeling? just to drive the best car on the grid for as long as he can. It's just like that, uh, you know, he's just having the farewell tour. Yeah. I feel like he's known for like four weeks already. Like by Hungary, he knew he wasn't getting that seat. Well, you could see like in his interview with, uh, with George, when he was, they were asked about who's going to be where there was, he was so, it was so awkward for him. He didn't know how to speak about it. He like, I feel like there was almost like a pride aspect associated with it. Now that it's all been told, now that it's been said and done, it just seemed like he was happy to go racing in, in the fastest car on the grid. I, I am happy for him that he put in that performance. I, I do rate him still as a driver, personally. It's, we've mentioned it before, but it's really tough to be put up against the GOAT. <laughs> so, Nico Rosberg beat him and then had to retire. <laughs> it was that difficult. <laughs> so, I, I still rate him as a driver. And uh, I think performances like this just prove how, how good he still is. Um, mm-hmm. Sochi coming up. Actually, we'll get to Sochi uh, predictions soon. I wanted to get to know your thoughts on the overall format of the second sprint race and anything you'd like to see changed about it, as well as where you think third race is going to happen. I personally didn't think this track was like great for it. Just because, like, like overtaking, I guess what we talked about earlier is still true. It's impossible to take overtake at most of these tracks, but that's why I like that Silverstone, right? Because it's like it's a bit. I would say it's one of the tracks that's a bit easier to overtake at than like Monza, I guess, where there's like only like what nine corners. <laughs> yeah, so you just like, get stuck in DRS trains, right? Like Austria. Yeah, exactly. So uh, maybe it was the track. I, I enjoyed this one far less than the Silverstone one. Silverstone, maybe it was just a novelty factor, but I thought it was awesome to watch this for a race on Saturday. And where do you think, think the it'll... third one, or what kind of future changes would you want to see then? Um, I, I don't have any recommendations for the FIA, unfortunately, but I Ross would Braun like to is see going to be listening to this, so... <laughs> I know, sorry, Ross. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see it on the street circuit, though, so maybe Dubai, or, yeah, Dubai. Or Saudi Arabia, sorry. Saudi Arabia, my bad. Sorry. I think we're also in the, the the young years of the sprint race. I think next year when we start to see cars that, you know, basically when we see the new regulation changes, we'll be able to see more overtaking. So I think that's when we'll really start to see the benefit of the sprint races. So for me, it's a, this is kind of like a maturing year for sprint races. Next year, we'll really start to see the potential that it might have. Um, as of this year, I think it's something that's interesting and it, it mixes it up. I definitely would not want this at every race, but I do enjoy seeing it every now and then, um, especially when it gives us some, some crazy, some crazy podiums like we, like we see. So I mean, final I, venue, gents. Or go ahead, Karun. I just don't, I don't think the sprint race should ever be like an every race thing, even in oh, like the future. It, it should be at a few, it should be like a treat every now and then. I think they should stick to three. Three is yeah. a good number. They, 
they should do one street track and then they should rotate the other ones. But I think yeah. they have to do it somewhere where you can overtake more You think easily. Baku would be a good one? Baku, any street circuit is always tight, but the straights yeah. allow for passing in Baku. Uh, I think Silverstone was a good option, but I don't think you should do it at the same venues every year. I agree. Uh, it's unfair to the people. Exactly. I think Turkey would be a pretty decent track to do it at, but I, I don't know if Turkey's in the calendar for next year. Um, I think Interlagos, where they, I think the third one is going to be, would be a good sure. one to do it at. Uh, I, 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 we haven't seen a Japanese Grand Prix in a while, but I think the drivers really enjoy driving that track. I'm, I think it's one of those hard-to-follow tracks around like 130R and the Japanese uh, Suzuka S's or whatever. So if these cars are able to follow better, their options increase. But for now, I like it as it is. I, I'm personally against reverse grid because I don't think that yeah. it's merit-based then anymore, which is not how sport should be. But, but I, do like, I do like the openness to try something, right? Um, I think that's important for sport to continue to evolve and, and try new things and captivate new audiences. So I, yeah. I do appreciate them trying and, and it's worked for me. I do think that Silverstone was more interesting than Monza, but it did give us that jumbled up grid, you know, Lewis wheel spin. So it wasn't just Max versus Lewis. The McLarens got involved. Um, hmm. yeah. I, I am still a big <laughs> proponent of, uh, of a singular point, though, given to pole position. Not on these sprint weekends because they have 3-2-1, but in general. Just every qualifying? Just every like qualifying. Yeah, it's like fastest lap. Mm. Literally is. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but final venue, what do you guys think? It can't be too deep into the season either. They can't like have the the, the season dependent on it. Yeah, it, I, I don't know when Saudi Arabia is, but I think it's not one of the last three races. So, uh, well, uh, Circuit of the Americas is pretty soon, actually, right? It's one Ooh, of the upcoming Circuit ones. Circuit of the Americas could be a good one. That's one where I the Americans super. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of ride off that Netflix uh, excitement. Circuit of the Americas, I think, is coming up pretty soon, though, so I'm not sure that it would be uh, in the con contention for a sprint race. Oh, it's in a month. It's, in a, it's actually in six weeks still. Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, my two were, were Interlagos and, uh, and Goja. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. On to Sochi, gentlemen. There's one stat I want to point out about Sochi. It's uh, every time that Lewis has led a lap in Sochi, he's gone on to lead, win the race. So pretty high chances that he wins. Also, Max most likely to start at the back of the grid with a three-place penalty, and then they probably will just change uh, engines then. Mm -hmm. Predictions? It'll be an interesting one. I'm hoping to see Checo step up a little bit for Red Bull. I think... Uh this is Checo's chance to kind of show that he can also carry the team on back when need be and get a, a good number of points for, for the team. Um, and then uh, let's see, George to score points again, man. It's just been on a roll. And I think that Williams is really coming into its own. No longer a hot take. That's, that's true. That's true. Valtteri to win. Podium again. Valtteri to win. I like wow. that. I like that. I think he took pole last year, right? 
Uh, yeah. I can't recall. Maybe two years ago. But he has taken pole within the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he won last I say, year, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Back to back. He's the defending champ. Lewis took pole and Valtteri oh, won. Oh, wow. Wow. I'd love to see that. So Lewis just never even led a lap there, huh? Wait, hold on. No, no, that's a stat I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he like we must have lost as soon as they started the that race. That is probably <laughs> what happened. <laughs> he just followed Dotas for the rest. But yeah, if Max is going to get the back of the grid with that engine replacement, I would love to see Lando on the podium. Because you know he's gonna he's he's gonna be up there during qualifying. Because absolutely, he always is. <laughs> that McLaren is looking hot, boys. I'm excited. Yeah. So, what would you say, yeah. Lando podium, or Lando? Win? Yeah, Lando podium. Ah, I mean, I don't know about that, but Lando podium. <laughs> not, not uh, a second if consecutive McLaren like, one-two. You know, I mean, if, if, I'm sure, the odds are looking good for that. If McLaren's able to qualify ahead of some of the teams, or even just like get a good start, I think their defensive ability as was shown in this last race, would be uh, something to contend with. It wouldn't be like an easy passing situation for, for the Red Bulls or Clarks. So maybe. It could be a Lando. They're both very talented drivers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a Mercedes 1-2 led by Lewis and then Charles up on the podium. He's, he's wow. D1. For, so I think it's going to be a Ferrari week next week. Or, yeah, next week. Uh, I'd just love to see Charles on the podium, and I'm going to go with Pierre Gasly in the top six. Mm. Uh, round it off. That should by be an Checo every week bet for us. That should be an every week bet. Pierre top six because I feel like PGP six. Okay. Yeah, I just feel like if we had done it for the entire season, we'd probably be up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. we got to back our boy. And you know what? You know what? What came through in Monza about our prediction, Shion, is that the Hasses did make contact. <laughs> they did. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't out. It wasn't in the paddock. It was. It was with the cars, but but they still did come to blows. You know what we missed? Oh yeah, we didn't miss the fight. But though that's a that's a hilarious team. Um, I think Mick Schumacher is going to be find it very hard to progress in his career with that horrific car. Yeah, he needs to find a new seat. Is uh is Nikki signed for next year? Yes. Oh yes. There's a lot sorry. of money. Wait, there, Latifi. <laughs> No, no, no. Sorry, someone Nikki has been. Uh, yeah. I don't think either have actually either of them, right? signed yet. Yeah. I think Haas is like the only two open seats. I think I think Haas would actually be like uh, go bankrupt as a team if they did yeah. not re-sign Mick. They Mick, assume Mick is getting in that car. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> With the other seat, I assume they'll give Mazepin another year. I don't see why. I haven't seen a single shred money. Uh, I won't be too mean to him. Yeah. I mean, All the arcs, you're right. Yeah, it's kind of the Yuki Sonoda situation. Yeah. Which hey, a little worse. I, I hope I hope Sonoda improves. I'm not I'm not yeah, I, I'm not out here to I like him for rookies to be out of Formula One. I, I just don't think he's performed at all. Yeah. Very fair. Gentlemen, any any last thoughts on on Formula One? Life, food. This is going to be a crazy end of the season, and I'm so excited. This is a there's a, a long time before the end of the season. We still got yeah, a three months of it. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing I, to get I really the... wish Spa had happened. Spa, yeah. yeah, Spa would have been great. I was uh, I was planning on the uh, the F one twenty twenty one game, and uh, a single tier for shit. <laughs> Did you simulate it or at least see what would have happened? Yeah, dude. I had I had the rain going. I was in Lando's car. I did I did crash on El Rouge many times, ah. almost every time. <laughs> We're gonna log in on your on your login on the Xbox here and and run that, Shion. Please do, please do. It's great. Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. This is. Box, 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 box,